is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. And it's time for another edition of Mix Shots. It is our final edition of Mix Shots for the month of March, and we are now less than a month away from the first round of the National Football League draft, which is Thursday, April 29th. Bill Jones with Everson Walls and Mickey Spagnola inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios there at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. And there's so much to get to as uh, the Cowboys are trying to put this team together. And the NFL is talking about putting a schedule together that includes 17 games, one fewer preseason game, Let's start with you, Mickey. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday morning? I am doing great. And you know what? When you are with a bunch of older guys, don't ever start the show by saying, this is the final. <laughs> I said, oh, no. Does he know something I don't know? <laughs> what did you hear? <laughs> so, Harrison, how you doing? I am doing well. This is, uh, what, the last day, I believe, of National Women's Month. Is that correct? No, we got one so, more tomorrow, don't we? Yeah, one, March one more tomorrow. Sorry, sorry. tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. But so I who must, are you honoring today? I am honoring today my mother, who has passed on. This is her birthday today. Weeda Walls. The Weeda is O-U-I-D-A. I will always have to clarify that it's French, so the O is silent. And I always held something against my, my people because they name us all of these weird names. <laughs> I never liked Everson. You know, of course, you know, you know, my mom gave it to me, so I have to love it. But everyone always said it wrong. Emerson. Uh, you know, my dad's name was Wellen, W-E-L-L-O-N. All these country names. Her name, Weeda. You know, it's like... <laughs> When you get the mail, when you get the mail, all of our names are misspelled. I don't care. <laughs> Growing up, all of our names are misspelled. But uh, happy birthday to We The Walls. Uh, this is her, uh, her birthday today, so I have to definitely honor her. And uh, if you check my Facebook post, you know, you'll see that, uh, you know, gave a little honorarium to her just to make sure everybody realized how much we loved her and how important she was to her. Hey, if it wasn't for her, guys... Oh, my God. You, you, you wouldn't know me. You would not know me. <laughs> exactly I would right. never know you. See, just like most mothers, they saved our lives. They saved us from ourselves. So I want to thank <laughs> We The Walls for doing that and saving me from my, my, my worst habits that, I, I had, uh, that she had to break me from. I'll put it that way. Hey, there's only one person on this show. Only one person on this show that that uh, nobody had trouble with spelling first or last name. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah Everson, I was going to I was going to tell you, go through life with the name Bill Jones and then complain about. <laughs> right. I, I can see the I other side of that. Have, <laughs> I would love to have a unique name. <laughs> I can see I can see the other side of that definitely, William. Uh-huh. I can. I can. I've had exactly more. Right. I've had more. <laughs> Miles added to my last name, then you can shake a stick at. 
And while we're at it, then I'll I'll give a shout out to my late mother as well. Her birthday uh, would be April third, coming up this week. Oh man, we missed yeah. March twenty seventh. They were born exactly coming up one week apart. March twenty seventh, wow. April third, uh, and uh, how how amazing is that? And then that is whatever, very cool. Twenty eight, twenty nine years later, they came together in marriage, and here we are today. Mm-hmm. All right, there's yes. The Cowboys are trying to uh, come together. Uh, in marriage with uh, over the last couple of weeks in free agency, and they still have uh, one huge gaping hole in one spot in their uh, secondary. Mickey, where do you where do you think the Cowboys are in free agency right now? And of course, that gaping hole right now in the secondary is at one of those starting cornerback spots, as they have not replaced uh, Cheeto Awuzie, who signed with Cincinnati. Yeah, and 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 I understand that with a with a uh, veteran, but at least they have Anthony Brown, who they did sign uh, last year to a multi-year deal, so. Uh, they can use him as a veteran starter no matter what happens uh, or should happen in the draft or if the guy's ready or not. My gaping hole still is the backup quarterback position uh, that they have not addressed yet. Uh, I was encouraged, though, uh, listening to Mike McCarthy last week during his uh, uh, media conference saying that they have spoken to several veterans uh, and they'll continue to kind of monitor that position. But he did call the quarterback position, and I know Everson doesn't like this, the most important position on the team. <laughs> and, and to me, once you get Dak Prescott signed, the next most important position is the guy behind him. Uh, and I'm just not sure uh, they're willing to go into uh, training camp uh, with three guys that have like a combined – uh, three starts, maybe. I think I added them up if I got yeah. that correct. So uh, that's something that we should keep an eye on. Although, you know what, guys, with with how volatile the quarterback position is around the league, there's going to be some guys released or some guys going to be cheap, uh, especially after the hey, draft. Hey, what happened last year, Mickey? Right, exactly. Yeah. Where did the Cowboys get Andy Dalton last year? It was after yep. Joe Burrow was drafted number one overall by Cincinnati. So, so true. So patience, sit tight. Patience yes. as far yeah. as that goes. Yes, yep. absolutely. That's right. Well, just, I just want to let you. I just want to let you guys know that you know with the absurdity of this uh, these safeties that we've been signing. Of course, you know my position on them. I have decided to commit myself to working out, and I'm going to try out for the Cowboys at safety. So there you go. I love that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put that. that out there. I mean, I I I, I instead of fussing about it. And we're going to do something about it. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go I love it. work love it. out. And I, and I'll be in the backyard. The I only have 10 yards of sprint sprint uh, uh, space back there. So I'm going to be in the backyard doing 10-yard sprints. I'll be getting ready for you I guys. could probably set you up with one of those one-year veteran exception deals. So you're only count $987,500 against the salary cap, okay? Because that's all these guys are well, getting. And you only get one year. Exactly. I, I saw I saw the parade. I saw the parade last week, Spags, of, of signings. I saw the guys. And I gotta say, they look they look older than me, man. <laughs> I mean, some of those guys are just some old looking dudes, man. I, I I couldn't have grown up in this era. These are some of the toughest looking guys I think I've ever seen. I don't even think they're even out of their thirties and they're looking like this, but 
You know, when you, when you talk about the gaping hole, yeah, that, that secondary is something I'm still concerned about. Uh, when you talk about bringing back Anthony Brown and guys like that, my concern with young defensive backs, and they can't, be, they can't keep playing young if you keep playing all these games. I remember in 81, uh, Madden said about us uh, in our secondary, we weren't Thurman Steves yet, but our young secondary, he said, you know, by the time you get into the playoffs, there are no more rookies. You know, you should have that experience. So I'm looking for the Cowboys secondary to show me some experience. The thing that frustrates us so much uh, by watching our secondary is that we don't make heads up plays. You know, and that that concerns me. We don't show the experience that we should have after playing all of these games that we've been playing, not just in one season, but over two or three seasons. I would hope that they would show some type of experience and sometimes uh, the way we did back in the day and the way most good secondaries do it, you, you start to play the team, okay? Not play your technique necessarily. You play the team and you start to anticipate what they're doing. We just, in our secondary, I just don't see, when I say playmakers, guys that are heads up enough to sniff out a play and then make that play. I would just love to see more of that. And in that regard, I don't give a damn who we sign as long as they can make these plays. Now, these guys that we just signed, they have experience. So hopefully with that experience, they can sniff out a few plays and uh, be able to make a difference in our secondary. Just remember, Kazee had seven interceptions in one season. Yep. And someone, and I had, where does that rank, Mickey? Uh, Well, I had, I had to correct somebody on that because they said those seven interceptions are more interceptions than any Cowboy player had since Michael Downs uh, in 1983. I no 84, and I said no, I think some guy named Walls had nine in 85. Okay. That's correct. That's correct. How do they forget about me, Spaz? I don't know. Do I don't know what kind of me? list they oh have. Oh my God, man! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys should you, can, you guys should give me more shout outs on whatever you do because obviously I am fading in everyone's memory. So thank God for this show. I can bring it back up. Well, no, thank you goodness for the Ever show because I, I think re- we spoke about that and I remembered. I said, no, I think Everson had nine one Crazy. year. Crazy. Crazy, well, crazy. I don't remember. I, I love Michael Downs, but I don't remember any Michael Downs interceptions. I remember every single one of Everson Wall's 57 <laughs> interceptions in his career. Hey, I got to say, in fairness to Mike, he saved my ass many times. So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to differ with you on that one, Bill, because uh, Mike might never forgive me on that one. <laughs> See, that's what the Cowboys need to do. They need to get local guys like Everson Walls out of Berkner High it. School and Michael that's Downs. Yeah, you know? we, we knew the culture coming in. We knew Tom Landry didn't play. We knew we were going to have to work hard. And we knew our secondary already sucked. So we came in. <laughs> Ready to play. We came in ready to go. And Charlie Waters was like, come on in here, young fella. You can do all the work, and I can sit back here on my one leg and just have a good time and play it out. That's just what happened. You know, the bottom line right, Mickey, on these safeties. So yeah, go ahead, Mickey. I'm going to say the bottom line on these safeties, though, is, you know, they're basically signing them all to one-year deals, so it doesn't preclude them from drafting a guy, uh, you know, second, third, fourth round. Uh, to go along with Donovan Wilson. I saw where uh, DeMonte K- KZ, is that how I say it, Bill? 
Yes. That's how you say it. I don't know if it's right or not. I think it's Kazee. Kazee, I don't know. Anyway, he basically signed a a one-year deal for the veteran exception. So that kind of tells you what kind of market value he may not have had. Uh, so uh, his his cap hit for th- this year is only nine hundred eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars that I was going to give Everson. Uh, so with the veteran exception, <laughs> you get a you get a a, a minimum signing bonus, which is one hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred. Uh, and then uh, basically it's a one-year, $1.27 million deal. So uh, very similar to those other offensive line, I mean defensive linemen they signed, offensive linemen too, by the way, all these one-year deals that they've uh, been signing. And, Bill, I also saw – And it's, in fact, it's less money, than, less money than those guys, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those were, those were four and $500,000 signing bonuses, and this was just a – $200,000 signing bonus for Kazee. And, and in fact, you mentioned market value. It turns out Xavier Woods had a better market value than uh, DeMonte Kazee did because he signed for, for basically what the Cowboys were giving these other guys, which was a base of $1.75 million with uh, incentives up to $2.25 uh, with Minnesota over the weekend. Yeah, because his signing oh, wow. bonus, they at least gave him a signing bonus of 500000 with a base of one point two five. So his cap hit was is one point seven five for this year. So to yeah. me, that tells me that he didn't price himself out of the Cowboys market. They just decided to go ahead and move on. And, and, and if you look at all these other contracts they signed guys to, uh, Terrell, is it Terrell, Terrell, Basham had the most lucrative deal if lucrative is two years, $5.5 million. Uh, so again, that's not an, an extreme amount when his base salary is $2.5 million uh, for this year, and he has $3.75 million guaranteed. So, again... That's lucrative as far as I'm concerned. Well, yes, it is. Yes, Bill. but it, yeah. it, but what you see going around the league right now, but this is, but Everson's right. It's a lot of one-year deals, and everybody's kind of hoping for a prove-it deal that they can come in and have a good year and then get a bigger contract when the salary cap goes back up uh, next year. I do recall when I went to the Giants uh, from the Cowboys, obviously I was one of the higher paid players uh, on the Cowboys before they they got rid of me. And then when I signed with the Giants, now you're like starting all over. Uh, I do recall coming in with a two-year deal. I think it was like half a mil a piece. And uh, that wasn't bad back then, uh, but it wasn't anything that you could – you know, really brag about, especially coming off the career that I had had. So it made me, by signing that short-term deal, uh, I was going to be hungry anyway. But you definitely understand the urgency uh, of the situation because if you don't play well, if you don't practice well in training camp, then they really hadn't invested that much in you, so you can be out of there. You know, and, and so I wanted to make sure that uh, I made a – you have to make a quick impression – uh, I was a veteran, so they were looking forward to me making plays. But if you're one of the younger guys out there trying to sign a one-year deal like that, you better come in making smoke happen from day one. That, that needs to be your incentive. So to put that money in so perspective, uh, in 86 when the Cowboys, uh, the USFL folded uh, and the Cowboys signed Herschel Walker, uh, it was basically a $1 million a year deal. 
and that was that was considered huge, right? And I remember when yes, to, Tony yes. Dorsett reported to training camp, and somebody said, "Well, what do you think uh, of uh, Herschel getting a million dollars?" And he goes, "I feel like a million dollar man." <laughs> hint, hint. He, was, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to get his. He That's wanted right. to get his. Exactly. You know, but that, that was, was considered one of the a lot. Ever bring. That was that was that was considered that was considered very controversial as well. Yes, it was bringing in uh, a guy like Herschel Walker when you already have a, a, a future Hall of Famer in your in your backfield. That's when you knew things were going off the rails over at Valley Ranch. <laughs> uh, getting back to my point about the gaping hole at uh, at cornerback, I think it's clear. Right now, it's clear that the Cowboys are taking a cornerback in either the first or second round of this draft. Uh, do you think they're fine, though, Mickey, as far as any, any more veteran guys at cornerback uh, before the draft? You know, I think it would have to be a, another very inexpensive one-year deal on somebody if that guy uh, is out there. You know, they still have... Uh, Richard Robinson, right? And, you know, he's got a little bit of experience. I don't know. You know, at times he played well, and then towards the end he didn't play very well. So I don't know if they look at him uh, as a corner. And then the same thing with C.J. Goodwin. You know, he's a special teams guy. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that's just going to count uh, $1.6 million against the cap. They signed him to a three-year uh, a three-year deal and gave him a $800,000 signing bonus. So, uh, but again, uh, how about Maurice Kennedy? Uh, and it, they have Kennedy, his rights. He opted out. He was signed last. Right. Off, yeah, he he was signed last offseason. He opted out. Right. And all those contracts carry over to this year. And so technically, he's still on the roster. But I haven't heard anything about. Uh, but they haven't released him. Right? No, no, so, I, they have so he's not. In, yeah. So, so from that aspect, they have some guys that have some, as a veteran. Yeah, have so some fine. experience. Yeah. Can, the, the biggest thing is you want you want to go into the draft um, having all your positions filled where you don't have to draft for need. You have priorities, but you can go out. You can basically. I think the the best philosophy through free agency is you do enough where you could actually go out and play a game on draft day. Where you don't have to fill a need, a desperate need. Uh, I, I, I would say the Cowboys have a pretty desperate need uh, in the secondary to add talent back there, but they don't have to uh, in the first or second round do that. Um, and, and there's other veteran guys out there uh, in veteran cornerbacks that are out there in free agency too that will probably still be out there even after the draft and see how it shakes out. Yeah, and then after well, the draft, know, the had, price goes down, right? Mm. So well, you, you talked about you talked about Robinson Spags. I, 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 that's a good one. Uh, this guy is, he played cornerback in college, correct? Uh, yes, he did play cornerback in was college. A he's a little tall. I know people. He's he's not that. Uh, he's a little bit tall uh, for a cornerback. You know the way they have coming out of college these days. Uh, but you know when you look at somebody who's uh, had one year experience. You expect them to come in the next year and, you know, after having a few games under their belt, to be able to improve. Uh, I have played with young players. I came in playing with young players. Was that, I was that young player initially. I'm sure Charlie Waters was very concerned about who was coming in when they brought in Michael Downs. 
But this guy, you know, came in and, and did what Michael Downs did. Even though Bill doesn't remember any of his plays, Michael Downs actually, <laughs> <laughs> he actually played, a, had a pretty good career. Uh, and even when I went to the Giants, <laughs> he did. Even when I went to the Giants, uh, we had two young safeties that we had to deal with, and that was uh, Greg Jackson and Myron Guyton. And those two guys stepped up because you had two cornerbacks that had a little bit of experience, myself and, and uh, Mark Collins. So you have to look forward to them developing, don't we? Don't we have to look forward to them making plays? I know I was disappointed about Brown and, and talking about how they don't really, they need to uh, use their games and that game experience to get better. Someone that they have signed, younger guys, they have to show improvement. They have to show development. Hopefully Trayvon can show that uh, this offseason, uh, uh, this training camp. But as, as you say, we go into a, a draft. Yeah, we not, might need to draft a corner. But I still want what I signed and what I paid for in previous years to show me some type of development. Either they bring it out themselves or you have to have coaches that are able to show them the error of their ways and make them improve. I just, I have seen players come here and who have been stagnant in their development. If you don't come in ready to play, that's great. But you have to show me improvement and development. I, I, I want to see that in our young guys. And uh, we need to hit a break, but we also need to make the distinction that uh, there are two Robinsons in that Cowboys secondary. Of course, Richard Robinson, who started some games at cornerback last year. I believe it was three games. Now, he was a fourth-round pick uh, back, uh, not of the Cowboys, of San Francisco back in 2016. So he's a more veteran guy. And then the guy you're talking about, Everson, Reggie Robinson, yes. who, was yes. the, who was the Cowboys' fourth-round pick yes. last year and didn't yes. get much playing time and was actually the, the previous regime in the uh, as far as the defensive coaches are concerned. We're looking at him at safety, uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what uh, Joe Witt Jr., the secondary coach, and Dan Quinn uh, view Reggie Robinson, uh, whether, whether he works at safety or at cornerback. And, of course, we won't know that uh, probably until after the draft and we get into OTAs and so forth. All right, there's so much going on. Alabama's having another pro day as we speak. And uh, their quarterback, Mac Jones, is throwing again. And the 49er Brain Trust is once again there watching Mac Jones. Ohio State's Pro Day is going on. Tyrone Crawford has made an official statement on Instagram and Twitter. We'll get to in a moment. And there's so much. Uh, and we're talking about a 17-game schedule. So much to get to as Mix Shots continues in just a moment. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. 
Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. Back, back, back. To Mick Shots. <laughs> Cowboys fans, show your football pride at the Pro Shop, the official store of Cowboys Nation. Score classics like your favorite player jerseys. Number 24, Everson Walls. Perhaps you find it at the Pro Shop. Tees and hats, plus exclusive <laughs> collections and unique accessories with options from Nike, New Era, and many other brands. The Pro Shop has more Cowboys gear than anyone in the game. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or online at shop.dallascowboys.com. You might you might see twenty four, but it was probably Marion Barber. That's the way they always confuse me with him. <laughs> hey, Bill, and pretty well, and there's no number twenty four right now. And and, and pretty soon, pretty soon to hit the uh, pro shops is this year's draft magazine. Uh, it's there you go. High off the presses oh, nice. right now. So nice, uh, you got it. We'll All have right. some. We'll have always some good up- to have somebody on the inside, huh, Bill? That's right. That's <laughs> or here at the building. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's very it's, good. It's a, pro- a pretty comprehensive scouting reports on all the top prospects and uh, analysis on what the Cowboys have done or will do. Uh, first round mock draft and uh, I sort of wrote a piece on how uh, the preparation for this draft for the scouting department uh, has been uh, altered and a little bit more difficult uh, with the inability to have a combine. So uh, a lot of good reading but stay tuned and we'll let you know uh, how uh, you can get your hands on one of these. All right, I want to get into the movings and shakings in the draft and what happened last Friday with San Francisco moving around and how all of that stuff kind of impacts the Cowboys. But uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, just moments ago, Tyrone Crawford has made an official, a lengthy post on Instagram and Twitter uh, announcing his retirement from football. Of course, Mike McCarthy at his press conference last Thursday let the cat out of the bag. And uh, Tyrone, to, to kind of summarize, he uh, says in his post that uh, he, he didn't want to make so much of, a, of, a, of an of official farewell. He just wanted to kind of ride off into the sunset. There's so many people that he uh, wants to thank. And, uh, and he has proceeded now to, in what is uh, what our producer Chris Beam said, was a, like a four-page post on Instagram, <laughs> is doing just that. But... Uh, Mickey, he had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. That's exactly right. Uh, You can only imagine there's so many people that have 
impacted him. First and foremost is his wife Kelsey, he points out, who's been at his side uh, through all of his surgeries that he's had and, and throughout his journey. Uh, Mickey, uh, Tyrone, uh, Nine years in, in the NFL with the Cowboys, and uh, that's a very nice career, third-round draft pick out of Boise State. You know, and a, a really good soldier uh, for a third-round pick. Uh, I always have to call him a defensive lineman because when he would show up to training camp uh, after preparing in the offseason to play defensive tackle, it's like, well, you know what? We need you at defensive end. And then the years that they said, okay, you're a defensive end, and then they get injuries inside and said, well, Tyrone, you're a defensive tackle. And he never complained. He did what they asked him to do uh, and did it at a very professional level. I remember one year we, uh, gosh, I I think, I'm not sure if it was in the offseason or it was the beginning of training camp, I was interviewing him, and I said, so what are you, a defensive end or a defensive tackle? He said, I don't know. You tell me. He goes, whatever they tell me to play, I will play. And he would adjust his weight because he would come in a little heavier to play defensive tackle, and then they had to move out to defensive end. Or he'd drop weight (laughs) to play defensive end, and they said, well, you know what? At 270, we want you at defensive tackle. So that's going to be, to me, his legacy here over nine years is he did whatever they asked him to do and did it as well as he could. That's a great legacy to have, too, Spags. Uh, when you look at his career and we talk about the sacrifices he made physically, uh, I think the, the, the hip uh, surgeries that he had in the offseason, and then he still comes back and, and, and tries to contribute as best he can. You know, I coach some kids every once in a while, and yes, Spags, I do teach them all the bad habits that I learned in, in the NFL. And uh, one thing I tell them, I said, uh, the more you can do, the more you can do. That makes you more valuable to almost any team that you're on. If you're playing cornerback and they ask you if you can play safety, you say, yes, I can play safety. Matter of fact, you tell them you were a safety. You just tell them whatever you want to, what they want to hear to make sure that they have comf- a comfort zone with you. The Cowboys had a great comfort zone with Tyrone Crawford, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, we talk about the, the big names in these organizations. And the big names are always what drives the notoriety. But when it comes to really the heart and the soul of the teams, it's guys like Tyrone Crawford uh, who are the ones that really keep us in good standing. And once again, I throw guys like Michael Downs in there who just did all the hard work and uh, really didn't get much uh, fanfare for it. So, yeah, Tyrone Crawford, is he should go down as one of the favorite Cowboys of of this particular generation of players. You know, guys, sometimes you just can't define a player's career by stats. You have to be around it and see it. And and I know before he decided that hip surgery was in his his future, dual hip surgery, by the way, uh, he was contemplating, do I really want to come back and play? You know, I've done a lot. And I'll tell you what, I've got the greatest respect for anybody in this game, including a couple of these DBs the Cowboys signed that come back from a torn Achilles. That's no joke. That that is difficult. And he he tore his in training camp. And I'll never forget, it was a couple years later, he went down and let out. It was early in training camp, the loudest scream you ever heard. And they 
carted him off, and his biggest fear was he retore the Achilles. It didn't, it wasn't, it ended up being a, a really bad ankle foot sprain, uh, but he worried so much about that. So the fact that he came back and played another year, uh, I think that's just a credit to who he is and, and the fact that he wanted to come back and prove to everybody uh, that he could come back and play. You know, the other thing, uh, Mickey, just look at, at last year with the Cowboys, and he was in the last year of his contract. This shows, I think, the respect that the organization had for Tyrone Crawford because if you look at what his con- the, the, the breakdown on his contract last year, what was it? He had a base salary of $8 million last year, and they could have very easily released him and saved a lot of money on the salary cap. But they had so much respect for Crawford, not only uh, his ability as a football player, his leadership in the locker room, and his want to uh, to come back from the surgeries that he would be able to get back to be able to contribute on the field that uh, they didn't tear up that contract. They didn't release him, uh, and they and uh, he, he played it out. Uh, and, and that is uncommon in, in this league, but it, I think it really shows the respect that the entire organization, the coaching staff, and the front office had for what Tyrone Crawford had contributed to this team. You know, i got to say one thing. Uh, as you look at the different organizations, uh, when you go back to the 80s, 70s, and then you compare them to the, the old regime to this, when well, I say new regime, more recent regime with, with uh, Jerry and the guys, uh, it's a little bit more politically correct, don't you think, guys? Uh, back in the day, Gilbert, Tetram, they wouldn't give a hoot about any player, no matter how much respect he had. We had guys, offensive linemen like uh, Coop, uh, the, the point guard we used to have, Coop, uh, that played on a bad knee almost his whole career, eventually had to have knee replacement. You know, you had uh, uh, offensive linemen and tight ends who – were playing with surge, with bad uh, uh, injuries all the time, and they knew if they got the surgery, they were going to get cut right after they came back. You know, it's so different now compared to what it was then. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing, because we were winning back then, uh, <laughs> even though we were being treated like crap. I mean, I mean like, like dog crap. But now uh, the way that Jerry uh, uh, shows favor in a good way to a guy like Tyrone Crawford – you, I don't think you would have gotten that type of uh, treatment. Uh, Tyrone Crawford wouldn't have gotten that type of treatment if we were still over at Valley Ranch. Hey, Bill, <laughs> I was going to point out one thing when you asked about gaping hole on the roster, and I was going to bring yep. up the linebacker position, and I think you've got a good look at the guy I've been talking about. Uh, what if you got to number 10 and the best defensive player in the draft is still on the board. Would you take a, line. a linebacker named Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons. Wow. Just go look at his tape, the Penn State linebacker, and uh, it blows you away. Uh, his speed. I mean, I think he ran a 4.39 in his pro day. You lie. No, no yes, he did. That is well, a lie. Okay. That is take a lie. All, 
Oh my said, God! That's Come right. on, it's man. It's hand. It's hand. See, now you got me salivating. Now you got me salivating here. <laughs> I'm salivating now. Now he's not going to be there, and I'm going to be mad now when the draft comes. And and, and to make hey, you salivate you, a little bit more, he's six three and one eighth, two hundred and forty six pounds, and he bench pressed two twenty five nineteen times Ooh. and ran. And that was the slowest one that they hand timed him now because it's not the combine, <laughs> but they hand timed him at four okay. three nine. By the way, uh, if you're around a four five as a linebacker, I'm, I'm still impressed. You know that that is amazing. I did not know his forty time was that good. I thought he was really just all initiative and, and drive, but he's also extremely talented. So that's something that I'd love to go with. And you're talking about the gap, guys. Uh, we're talking about Tyrone Crawford leaving and Alden didn't sign, right? They're not bringing back Alden Smith. There's a big gap right there that's in right. our defensive lineman position. So, you know, if we have a defensive lineman that's available, that's a hell of a defensive lineman. Are there any out there, Spags, that you would uh, – I know you wouldn't have the same uh, feeling as you would with the Penn State guy, but uh, any defensive lineman out there that would make us – uh, change our minds and go another direction if he's the best available player well, when we're ready to pick. Yeah, and I don't know that they go defensive end uh, that early and no tackles are probably available uh, at that point. But all I know, and you know, say what you want about Charlie Casserly or however he evaluates uh, people, but Casserly said number one thing about Parson, he finds the football. Inst- instincts That's jump it. off the tape, and he can pass rush uh, uh, off the line of scrimmage, blitzing uh, or blitzing. So, um, you know, if anybody needs to look, just go look at the 2019 Cotton Bowl when he was the most valuable player uh, in that game for Penn State. Uh, But again, you know, look at the linebacker position. Other than the two guys you know are starters with uh, Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith, as I said last week, who's next? Because it's Luke Gifford, Bernard Francis, um, and they don't really have anything else. So uh, now they talked about uh, playing uh, Keanu Neal uh, starting off with the linebackers, but again, he's 216. And I understand playing safety and making tackles uh, against the run, but lining up at linebacker and trying to make tackles is another thing. And, and, and so, uh, especially if it, it's not we learned in nickel, that last year. yeah, especially if it's not in nickel situations. So, yeah, to me, linebacker is is a need. And you know, and I get it. You don't. You have to get everybody in the first round. You got to hit on second round, third round fourth-round guys that can come in uh, right. and play. Uh, and again, I'll go back to Bill bringing up the safety position. You know, this, 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 this draft is not all about 2021 because all these guys we talked about signed one-year deals. So who knows if you can bring them back if they have a good year or what if they don't have a good year and you got to move on. So uh, yeah. You you name a position on defense, and I got my hand in the air and saying, yeah, they need one of those. <laughs> That's exactly right. But here's the other thing, though, about this draft for the Cowboys with what's happening with the quarterback market in this draft. 
All right, you're looking at, and, and Urban Meyer basically admitted this past week that uh, they're taking Trevor Lawrence, number one yep. overall. Number two, the Jets are taking a quarterback, and the, most of the speculation is Zach Wilson uh, out of BYU. And then you've got San Francisco moves up and gives up the ranch to move up from 12 to 3, uh, and obviously they're taking a quarterback at 3. They've even and come clean Atlanta. and said they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Now now the speculation is, who, who is it that uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have their eyes on at quarterback? Let's say Lawrence and Wilson go one and two uh, right. to the Jags and the Jets. All right. Is it Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback? Is it Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback? Or is it Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, that the 49ers have their eyes on? You know, most of those, uh, the, the quote-unquote so-called experts with the mock drafts, prior to San Francisco moving up to number three on Friday, they basically had it as Lawrence, either Wilson or Fields. All right, there's your, your top three. Trey Lance also in the mix, North Dakota State, although there's not a great body of work on him just yet and only played one game in the fall because North Dakota State didn't have a season. And then Mac Jones, was he was considered um, mid-first round, whatever. Well, now the scuttlebutt around the league is that it's actually Mac Jones that the Niners are interested in and that he would fit Shanahan's system. Well, well, the Niners were at Mac Jones Pro Day last Tuesday, and I'm sitting here watching it right now, and both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are at Alabama's second Pro Day today, and Mac Jones is out there throwing a second Pro Day in front of those coaches, which is going to lead to more speculation that it's actually Mac Jones. How does this relate to the Cowboys? Well, now you're looking, if, Mac, if that is true, and Mac Jones is going to be the third pick. Well, then you got Justin Fields, you got Trey Lance. There could be five quarterbacks taken in the in the top nine picks of the of the draft, meaning that for the Cowboys picking at number ten, and they're out of the quarterback market. You're basically looking at a five player draft for the Cowboys as far as positions of need for them. That's that's pretty remarkable for them. They're sitting at a pretty good spot. The Cowboys are at number ten. Well, if you think about it, if if there's nine picks ahead of them. If five end up being quarterbacks, and I'll guarantee you they're waving the flag for that, yeah, take them quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, there's probably two wide receivers that are going to go in the top ten. And there's a tight end also. A tight end and at least two offensive linemen uh, probably worthy of a top ten pick. So when it gets to the Cowboys, unless somebody does something you don't expect, they should have their choice of cornerback and and if the Giants don't take Micah Parsons because they, I think they think he's the next Lawrence Taylor, uh, then he's sitting there for the Cowboys too. And then you have the option uh, of, well, what if somebody, one of them top five quarterbacks hadn't gone yet and somebody wants him at 10, you know, if you move back a couple, two or three spots, uh, you can get another second-round pick for sure. Maybe if it's if they think they're getting a quarterback, you can get next year's first or something. So they're in a pretty good spot at number 10 because they don't need a quarterback. And I, I like that position because, to me, it's, it'll be just like last year. 
I'd be extremely comfortable if you've got these quarterbacks going all in the top five picks, then they're going to make room for the roster for these quarterbacks. And that just might mean a veteran has to be let go. And one of those veterans could come here to the Cowboys. We could sign him as we did Andy Dalton last year, and we could save that money as far as draft his concerns and things of that nature and signing bonuses. And we could go that route while picking up a good defender, a good cornerback, or a good linebacker instead in that first round. To me, that's a good idea. That's a good way to go. All right, we got much more to uh, get to in regards to uh, not only the draft, but also the NFL uh, owners convening this week. And uh, things are going to be hammered out as far as a 17-game schedule. We'll get uh, Everson and Mickey's reaction on that and much more on Mixed Shots in just a moment. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers, We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. Tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. Tours are available daily. For details, visit attstadium.com slash tours. All right. Uh, how, uh, I've failed to mention off the top, uh, Mickey, how's your college basketball bracket doing? It was doing really well until Arkansas let me down last night. Yep, that's right. We had an old Southwest Conference matchup of Baylor versus Arkansas. Baylor won. And now we got another old Southwest Conference matchup in a national semifinal as Baylor plays Houston. 
And it's the first time in 37 years since the days of Phi Slamma Jamma that Houston is in the Final Four. I you know love what? Phi Slamma Jamma. I'll tell you what, Kelvin Sampson's done a wonderful job uh, yes, at that school, and I think yes, it gets overlooked. And by the way, my saving grace to make up ground, I had picked Houston to go to the finals against Gonzaga. So if they can somehow, someway beat Baylor, I would be in pretty good shape. All right. You know, I, in, in, in regards to, to we I forgot about the, the women's month. Uh, the Baylor women are not feeling oh. too celebrated right now. Well, such, such a shame to, they, to lose in that manner. How do they not make that call? How do you not ah, make that crazy. call? They could have called it on both crazy. of them. Should have got four shots. No, those girls, those girls should have gotten arrested. That's how hard they hit her. <laughs> they both one hit her in the arm, the other hit her in the face. That's that's an assault. I mean, I don't know how they could they could let that go. Everyone's tweeting about it and and, and how you know the miscarriage of justice that occurred. I just. Uh, you just hate to see a game go down like that. I know refs like to swallow the, the whistle, you know, in the last few seconds, last possession, so to speak. But some things are just so obvious. You gotta, you gotta call it, as, even though if it goes against your, you know, whatever thing you got going on. If I was uh, Kim well, Mulkey, I would have got thrown out of the game. I don't know how much time was left, like .8 seconds or something like that. Yeah, they would have had yeah, to carry yeah. me off the court before they restarted the game. Which crazy, is why, I, why I'm uh, not a coach, right? <laughs> and which, net, which network carries the women's tournament? ESPN? Yeah, and, and where is it located? located? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right in the back. Come on, corner. guys. I mean, Bill, I didn't know you were a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> literally. I know this for a fact, that inside those uh, the, that building at ESPN, the Yukon women's basketball team probably is more uh, is more popular than the New York Yankees inside that building. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The uh, and and that was unquestioned. That there, you have to make that call. It was crazy. You have to as we celebrate uh, National Women's Month here on uh, Mix Shots. Um, okay, so today and tomorrow, uh, the virtual owners' meetings will take place, right? Uh, and it seems That's like right. it's going to be a rubber stamp to play a 17th game and reduce the preseason to three games. So what are you guys' thought, thoughts on that? Because that issue and how they decide to go forward with the offseason in relation to OTAs, mini camps, and what the players will be allowed to do or not allowed to do this year seem to be the biggest uh, issues uh, of this owner's meeting. You know, to me, this is typical of, uh, you know, just American business. It's the way business is done, capitalism. If they're going to pay you more money, then they want to drain more out of you. That's just the way it is. Uh, they're getting this, this great TV contract. You know, I'm talking about the NFL owners. Getting this great TV contract. They know that they're, even though that they're receiving money, they know they're going to have to pay a lot out. Uh, that's what Dak Prescott's entire strategy was uh, in regards to holding out for more money, so to speak, uh, knowing that the salaries are going to go up after this new TV contract. So the owners are sitting in the meetings going, hey, guys, we're going to have to pay all these players. And in typical owner fashion, 
How, what can we get out of this from them? We don't. We're going to pay them, but we're going to also increase their uh, their output or their their load. We're going to increase the load that we put on them as players, and that's just the way business is. They don't want to so-called and they think give away that money and not get anything from it. So they decide to add another game to it. And when you when you think about it, what the NFL started way back in the day with. Maybe 12 games, Spags, if I'm 12, not mistaken. 10, then, 10 games. 10 games and then, then 12. Then, yeah. when, then 14. Then 14 games was the, was the, 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 uh, the limit there back for a minute because I know it, that's when uh, Night Train Lane ended up getting like 15 freaking interceptions in 14 games, Some, something that I, never, I knew I'd never be able to do. So, yeah, 14 games. Now after 16, now here we go, 17 Damn, I mean, what happens when they have the next TV uh, contract? We're going to move it up to 19? Are we going for a 20-game season? No preseason? I hope you when know, they, they do they're, that. They're going to try and get all they get out of it. I hope when they do that, we're still doing mixed shots. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, I hope I'm still alive when they're still doing that. The show may go on. I still want to be a co-host. So, yeah, hey, I'm with you. Bill, what do you think? Because this seems like the, the, the NFLPA gave some concessions up from a monetary standpoint. Uh, from cap uh, standpoint, they always do to to basically they say, okay, do. you can decide if we get a 17th game. It seems like it's just a a rubber stamp procedure here now. And I think where the where the player where the owners convince the players it would be worth their while to do that is because of. Uh, they knew what was available in this TV contract if they not only expanded to where you got a 17-game regular season, but more importantly than that is you expand, you extend the season on into February. From a TV standpoint, February is a sweeps month, and uh, which is big for TV as far as their ratings go and, and uh, their sales and, and so forth. Uh, they make a lot of money during that uh, month of February if you've got uh, NFL games on your network. And so now you're going to, for instance, the 2020, well, this coming Super Bowl will now be played, I think it would be February 13th with a 17-game season. Correct. It's pushed back a week. Uh, and so now you're taking up half of the month of February, which is a huge TV ratings month, uh, and you're uh, – I think the the regular season would not end until January 9th or 10th. So your postseason is starting in mid mid January. You're basically going mid January to mid February on it. Uh, so I think that's that was one of the keys on it, and it gets back to what Everson's talking about. It's money, you know. But I think the NFL, and I know the horse is out of the barn. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. But the NFL has since 1977 I think has had the perfect setup of the 16 game season one of the reasons that the NFL is so popular is the fact that every game really matters during the season because it, it, it plays 16 games you, you compare it compare it to the NBA or the NHL and you've got these 82 game seasons these reg, these NBA regular season games who cares who wins we already know uh, by just looking at the rosters, who's going to make the playoffs, there's, just, there's no meaning to these regular season games. And so I think with the NFL, when you're stretching it out to a 17-game regular season, and who knows a couple of years, and they may go 18 games, whatever, I, I think 
when you take the uh, importance of the regular season games away, uh, you may be walking down a path that you don't want to go down. And uh, and well, and then the other part of it is from a player acquisition standpoint, and Everson can speak to this, just the, the wear and tear on players, we're seeing the uh, injured list use, being used more and more. Of course, last year was a different year because of COVID. They had different rules. But, you uh, know, uh, yeah, you basically have to have a 90-man roster that Mike McCarthy's talking about yep. last, last year yep. or, or last week because you're, you're with your practice squad and everything, you're basically yep. going to use 75, 80 players during a season. Good point. That's a good point. Well, and, and the, injuries, then, the injuries are going to pile up. Go ahead, Spack. No, ahead, I, was, I, I was just going to say, yeah, and I, and I think possibly they need to adopt some of the things they did last year to get through the – pandemic affected the season you know what about you you know you there's no load management in the nfl and, and especially if you keep it the playoffs the way they were right and you only get one team gets a bye no one's loafing the last two or one or two weeks of the season because that bye is so important and then the fact that you might have the extra teams uh in the playoffs i think that's significant the other thing i've seen where uh, the way they're going to have a rotating basis, the, the NFC will play the AFC in corresponding divisions. So from the Cowboys' standpoint, the NFC East will play the AFC East in the corresponding position you finish, which means the Cowboys would be at uh, New England for the extra 17th game. Uh, of the year, and the AFC's hosting the 17th game this year. Next year, it'll be the NFC. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to happen, and I think that they have to continue to consider the 48-man game day roster uh, and and continue to make adjustments to injured reserve where you don't have to be out for eight weeks before you're ready to come back. I, I think those are things that need to be discussed. Now, the thing that bothers me is the NFLPA is pushing for virtual OTAs and virtual mini camps. And J.C. Treader uh, is the player president of the NFLPA, keeps saying that the league was better last year not having an offseason. And I disagree with him. I think defenses suffered tremendously with not having an offseason. Uh, and all we got to do is look out the window here and see what the difference was with no offseason. And not an excuse, right, because everybody played by the same rules. But I don't think the level of play was as high as it normally is uh, by eliminating uh, the offseason help. And it hurts the players because young guys don't have as much an opportunity. Now it's one less preseason game, right? To, to impress people, and you got no offseason to make an impression on anybody if you don't have that training. And I still say it increases the level of injuries that take place without that type of preparation for the regular season. Well, I, I have, I, I'm going to charge this to, to one of you guys since I don't do homework. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, we should chart, maybe we should chart that. I mean, take a look at you know, uh, how, how did they score more points this year? Did we have more defensive injuries this year? Those are the kind of things I could, I could say could be easily checked out. But as you look at Bill's scenario, go ahead, Bill. 
Well, I was going to say, I, I, I've done the research, and the Cowboys gave up more points than they have in the 61-year history of the franchise. So there you go. There were Good job. By this team, anyway. No, but I, I would have to say, based, but based on your logic, uh, in regards to uh, February being such a, a marketing uh, month for TV and things of that nature, why don't we just move the season, push the season back instead of worrying about August and training camp and, and preseason games in August? Why don't we move all of that stuff into September and then you can have your regular season going into late January and then the Super Bowl is going to be later into February? I don't see a, a reason why... We, we are uh, held to starting the, the preseason in August or in September. I don't, is there any advantage to that? We could change that as opposed to adding another game. You understand what I'm saying? Just move the season back as opposed to adding another game if you want to take advantage of February. That's my point. Well, understand that the new shows start the beginning of February. On, I mean, the beginning of September on television. <laughs> it's back to TV. That's right. It's back, back to, to TV. TV. The new season back starts the, week, the, the Sunday after Labor Day. Right. And that's, lo and behold, that's when the seasons, the, the NFL season starts also. <laughs> well, what, what, what are we going to do about 4th of July then? What about, what about 4th of July? We want to get some of that money too, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> then again, Mickey, that is so old school. <laughs> right. I know. Um, yeah. And that, that right. does move the season back. That's what I'm saying. Move the season up to, yeah. you know, late September. Why married to that? But I, I see what you're saying. All right. We've run out of time on this oh, edition no. of uh, Mix Shots. I had a list <laughs> here right. for you. In an open. Uh, the, the top, the top guys at at Ohio State work scheduled to work out today, other than yeah. Justin Field. So linebacker Baron Browning, linebacker Pete Werner, offensive lineman Wyatt Davis, and Josh. Uh, oh, I didn't write his name down very well. Uh, Josh McGee, maybe. Defensive tackle Tommy Togaya, and running back Trey Sermon. Those are their top guys. Huh. So, and, and we're, we're being told that uh, Mike McCarthy is at Ohio State. So why would he be at Ohio State? Because they probably got tons of players to keep an eye on. This is not all about the first round, right? And you've got well, 10 picks. Well, Browning, the linebacker, is the most notable name as far as I'm concerned on that list. He's from Kennedale. Right here in the Metroplex. Oh, he is. Is he considered the first rounder? Is he yeah. considered the first rounder? I haven't no, he's seen not his name. He's no, a, no, he's not. In fact, I looked at I, I looked at a top 100 list, Pro Football Focus, and he's not on the top 100. I would think though he's probably uh, it could move up into the second or third. Well, isn't round. that the but, poor? Right. Isn't so that the poor linebacker? Isn't that the poor linebacker who ended up in single coverage on Devontae <laughs> Smith in the championship game? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Baron Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was a different linebacker. Yeah. I, I, no. Browning, uh, Browning was highly uh, – well, all Ohio State players are highly recruited. But uh, he was one of our Landry Award finalists uh, three years ago coming out of Kennedale. And, uh, no, he'd be, he looked very good in the Cowboys uniform, and he's got those same qualities where he can rush off the edge a little bit too. All right. Anyway. As long as it's not that guy. Notebook, Hey, 
I'm starting to. I'm starting. What What are you saying? I said what as guy? long as that that poor Ohio State linebacker that was chasing Devontae Smith, <laughs> yeah, chugging right. along. That's right. I got. I'm, I'm starting to fill up my 2021 Big Green NFL Draft Scouting Notebook, and uh, so I'm going to have some nuggets for you out of that in the coming weeks leading up to the draft. And so I got mine right here. To. Okay. All right, I better hurry up. Chris is leaving the room. Chris is walking out of the room. (laughs) All right, that does it for Mick Shots, for Everson, and Mickey. I'm Bill, and we will see you again next Tuesday at 1130 on Mick Shots. Go Cowboys! This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?